I'm Michael Movestro, and you're listening to the Vegas Bright Podcast, episode number 31. The Vegas Bright Podcast from VegasBright.com. So, podcast, it's a Vegas podcast. And welcome to the Vegas Bright Podcast, and it's good to be back for another week doing the Vegas Bright Podcast. I am your host, Michael Movestro. I am the chief or the editor, the editor of VegasBright.com, uh, and uh, it's a website where we have an article Monday through Friday about things happening in Las Vegas. It could be news, it could be thoughts, memories, anything. We try to get whatever we can, as much as we can, and bring different aspects of Las Vegas and keeping everybody up to date on what's going on and sharing some memories and some experiences. That's pretty much what we're all about at VegasBright.com. So anyways, it's good to be here. I know I said that already. That's kind of my crutch when I start off the show because I never really know for sure what I'm going to say. I don't don't really script the opening, but I will tell you, we are going to do on this episode, we are going to have Vegas Gone By where we will explore a Las Vegas hotel, casino, place, show that once was... And today, Vinny Extra Sausage Battlemente discusses the Dunes Hotel and Casino. Uh, It all starts off with the Vegas news around the web, followed by the Vegas Bright Week in Review. So keep it tuned, streamed, or playing right here. The Vegas Bright Podcast is available on Vegas Radio Network, iHeartRadio iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and of course, on VegasBright.com. VegasBrights.com. All your Vegasy things, no resort fees. And we are back here on the Vegas Bright podcast. I tell you, that was a rough, cold opening. Maybe I gotta like do like a little bit of, like a little, a little. Music comes in. You know what I need? I need a. I gotta get like a voice person to like announce the show or something. And maybe it won't be so rough. Maybe I'll get like a voiceover chick or dude to like do something uh, at the beginning. So that way I could just sort of come in and be like, hey, what's going on? I don't know. Am I making any sense to you? I'm not making any sense to me. That said, let's get to the news. Cats at the Las Vegas Review Journal has news that Wynn Sportsbook will be getting a renovation which will expand into the space currently occupied by Zoza Crackers Deli. Zoza Crackers will be no more. During the renovation, the sportsbook will be moved to Encore temporarily. The new sportsbook at Wynn will open at the beginning of August on the 1st. From Eater Vegas, Papaya King will debut Tropical Fish Bowls at their second Las Vegas location, at Hawaiian Marketplace, just steps away from Rockin' Riley's, which was once the very short-timed home of Heart Attack Grill on the Strip and Pete Rose Bar and Grill before that. Tropical fish bowls are boozy drinks that cost about 25 bucks, but you get to keep the fish bowl. 
Mark, capital C at the end of that, with a TM, at Edge Vegas, has news via Travel Zork that the Betty White slot machine is headed to Las Vegas. It'll land at Suncoast first, and soon you'll see it all over Las Vegas. Also, he has news of Million Dollar Bingo coming to South Point. For that and his other news gatherings, go check out edgevegas.com. CDC Gaming Resorts has news that MGM Resorts International won a bid to build a resort in Dubai. Now before we say looks like 6-5 Blackjack is headed to Dubai, it is important to mention that there will be no casino in the new resort to keep in line with Dubai's culture. MGM will build an MGM hotel and a Bellagio hotel in Dubai. From Vegas News, the Bellagio Gallery of Fine Art presents I Am the Greatest, the exhibit celebrating the life and legacy of the world's greatest heavyweight boxer, Muhammad Ali, opens March 31st. From Eater Vegas, New York's Blue Ribbon Fried Chicken is headed to Bally's Grand Bazaar Shops, just outside of Starbucks. Hailing from New York City, this is Nevada's second Blue Ribbon Fried Chicken location, the first being downtown Summerlin. It would have been great if Anchor Bar could have opened on the Strip instead. And no, I'm not over that yet. From the Las Vegas Sun, Palace Station is about to lose its station. The ongoing multi-million dollar renovation of Palace Station means the removal of the locomotive motifs and most of its railroad theming. The new design calls for mid-century modern design with very clean lines and a very contemporary look. In addition to adding landscaping and removing the trains, a new main aim... <laughs> a new main entrance and porte cochere will be constructed. I think it's pronounced porte cochere. Porte cochere. The, the porte le porte cochere. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I feel like Strong Bad from Homestar Runner trying to pronounce something. Porte, porte cochere. Porte cochere. Oh yeah, man. Like you know the porte cochere. Where like you show up in your limousine. Oh, I know that's strong, bad. Okay, let's move on. Katz from the Las Vegas Review-Journal says Pitbull is extending his residency and hopes to extend his residencies even further. Pitbull says, This is our third set of shows at Planet Hollywood, and to me, it's short steps, but a long vision. Little by little, I'll be moving in. I would say within the next two or three years, we're going to be talking about a very long residency in Las Vegas. But for now, you'll be seeing a lot more of us in the next couple of years. And it's interesting that he says a very long residency because it seems that lately residencies are like really short engagements, like maybe like three days a month or things like that. And they, they announce it as a residency, but they're there like maybe one weekend a month or something. Where back in the day, residencies meant they were there just about every day of the week, almost maybe at least five days a week. So it's, it's interesting the way residencies are changing. And he's talking about a long residency, which is what residencies used to be. I found that interesting anyways. Mark Meltzer of Edge Vegas fame and just about every other Vegas website fame has an article on front desk tip called Don't Get Crazy About Rising Hotel Room Prices in Las Vegas. In the article, he does a comparison of hotel room prices from other cities, even including the resort fees. Las Vegas is still a pretty sweet deal compared to the eight, uh, compared to eight of the ten cities on the list. Vital Vegas has an article about three new slash newish places at Grand at Bally's Grand Bazaar: Redneck Riviera, Born and Raised Craft Pub, and Giordano's. Craft Pub is not a separate place; it really is called Born and Raised Craft Pub. They like 
fully capitalized craft pub. It looks kind of it looks kind of weird. And noting from his article and the pictures that I've seen, Giordano's deep dish pizza is the absolute saddest excuse of a pizza I have ever seen in my whole pizza eating life. That is the truth. That is one sad looking pizza. What the fuck were they thinking? That's just, it's just not right. It's just not right. From the Las Vegas Review Journal, the Nevada Gaming Commission has approved a gaming license for Seagull Slots and Suites. The property is a tavern on East Craig Road and Nellis Boulevard, close to Nellis Air Force Base. The licensee for the property is 5th Street Gaming, the operators of the downtown Grand. From Eater Vegas, the pool at Circus Circus wants you to eat, so they're getting food trucks along with a $4 million renovation. The renovations will include a large deck, a water slide, and a restroom. Las Vegas Weekly has an article on the Ultimate Las Vegas Brunch Guide 2017. The article lists 35 different places to enjoy brunch in Vegas, some of which I've never heard of. And that's going to do it for Vegas news around the web. You can see these and other stories in our article. What did we call the article this week? (laughs) I don't even remember what I called the article this week. Oh, you can see these and other stories in our article. Shit you may have missed while getting your brunch on. And when we come back, it's the Vegas Bright Weekend Review featuring the stories we brought you from March 20th to March 24th, 2017. We'll be back after this. VegasBright.com. We're not only a podcast. We cover news about shows, hotels, restaurants, and gambling. We also feature the Vegasy buzz around town like new construction, renovations, and future openings, as well as reviews of places to eat, experiences, hotel stays, and new things to do. And occasionally, we offer a sneak peek behind construction walls to see how a new place is coming along. VegasBright.com. And welcome back to the podcast. And now it's time for the Vegas Bright Week in Review, the portion of our show where we look at the stories we brought you last week on Vegas Bright. The week started off last Sunday on the Vegas Bright Podcast, episode 30, where we introduced a new segment, uh, Vegas Gone By, where we explore a Las Vegas hotel, casino, place, or show that once was. The new segment happens on every Vegas Bright Podcast going forward including this episode you're listening to right now. Right now. What what was I doing? I I don't even... Kelly Lamrock shares advice from his previous March Madness trips. Here's a snippet of that. Quote, Remember the golden rule. Okay, one sports betting tip. Remember that you're not trying to outsmart the sharps who run the book. You can't. You just want to outsmart the public. The house wants even amounts of money on both sides so they pocket the VIG without risk. That means that the public has blind spots, public teams, fading stars, an atypical big win or blowout loss in the team's last game, you can bet that you're getting more points than you should to go against it. Know the emotional biases that sports tourists have and run the other way. End quote. Blonde Forever compares the deliciousness of Benny Smokin' Barbecue and Ellen Ellis Island's barbecue. Here's a snippet of that. Quote, As my trips became less strip-centered and more downtown-centered, 
I found it more difficult to get back to Ellis Island for a meal. I don't drive and have some issues walking, so unless a friend with a car volunteered to take me there, I did not get to go. There were some trips where no barbecue was consumed. Sad but true. Therefore, I was thrilled when Benny's Bullpen at Binion's turned into Benny's Smoking Barbecue in 2014. I can only assume that they were copying the Ellis Island meal as their dinners came with similar sides, beans, cornbread, coleslaw, and corn at Benny's and beans, coleslaw, and corn, and that fabulous root beer at Ellis Island, end quote. Reader Short Arms Deep Pockets explores 50 ways Vegas has changed since Frommer's Guide 1998, and it is a fascinating read. Uh, Bear in mind, there's 50 ways listed in the article. I'm just going to read one of them. Quote, Showboat. The showboat was located at 2800 Fremont and best known for hosting AWA Wrestling in the 1980s. It was renamed Castaways in 2000, and after much financial turmoil, it closed and imploded in 2006. Ironically, Station Casinos bought the property, and from Wikipedia, Station still owns the property, and to keep its development options open, has been allowing a portable casino to operate on the site. This is because of a loophole in the law that allows a gaming license to be renewed so long as a casino is on the property and open to the public for at least eight hours every two years. Only in Vegas. End quote. I would like to know when those eight hours are. Exactly when those eight hours are. I would like to go to that little mobile casino. I'm sure it won't win anything. I'm sure it's going to be tight as all hell because they're going to use that to make as much money as possible. But it'd be nice to say, hey... I'm 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 playing slots of the former showboat piece of land area. All right, maybe it's not as cool as I thought. Let's move on. Uh, Big AZ Marty shares Quest for Rewards trip report. He talks about the casinos he visited during the Quest for Rewards and about some of the renovations he saw taking place. Uh, Quest for Rewards is a promotion done by Caesars Entertainment to get you into as many of their casinos as possible. You get badges, and when you get badges, you get a bunch of TR points or something something like that. So to preface this, he and his wife visited every Caesars Entertainment property in Vegas. I'll read this segment about the Flamingo. Quote, Flamingo. We came in from the taxi entry exit, so we were in the back near the registration. The sports books and table games construction have ended near the sports book and Carl's and Charlie's. It looks good. And the sportsbook had more comfortable chairs, more comfortable chairs than before. Still a tiny amount of screens, though. They removed a row of multi-game machines so it's easier to navigate. We hit those multi-game machines playing our favorite double-double bonus video poker. A fun, quick visit, and it was fairly lively and nowhere near as empty as before. They are working over near the old gift shop near the exit to the middle of the link promenade, and hopefully we will have something new there soon. Now if they can just keep that buffet open seven days a week. End quote. And Sam Monsieur brought us an article on Earth Hour, which happened Saturday, March 25th, uh, which is, well, I'm recording this on the 26th, so it happened yesterday. Here's a snippet from that quote. Earth Hour is more than just a publicity stunt or meaningless tradition. It's part of a global initiative to bring awareness to the streets of 
um, to the threats of climate change and related environmental concerns. More than 160 nations participate in Earth Hour, which was started by the World Wildlife Fund back in 2007. To be part of Earth Hour, individuals, organizations, landmarks, and businesses are encouraged to turn off all non-essential lighting for 60 minutes. During that time and throughout the evening, events are held to support and publicize global green initiatives. End quote. And of course, as Big AZ Marty was out, I wrote shit you may have missed while getting your brunch on. My attempt to do shit you may have missed. I gotta tell you, Big AZ Marty just has a lot more patience and more skill for it than I do. Uh, I, I, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's, Big AZ Marty is the man for that. that that's his thing. I'm, I'm happy to do it when he can't, but. Uh, it's his thing. All right. That being said, that's it for the Vegas Freight Weekly Review. You can see these and other stories in our article, Shit You May Have Missed While Getting Your Brunch On. Uh, the same article with our Vegas Around the Web stuff for last week. When we come back, it's the segment Vegas Gone By, hosted by Vinny Extra Sausage Battlemente, and he will be talking about the Dunes Hotel and Casino. Uh, so we'll be back after this. VegasBrights.com. All your Vegasy things, no resort fees. How you doing, paisans? This is Vinny, Extra Sausage Battlemente, doing Vegas Gone By. Today we're going to be talking about an old favorite, the Dunes Hotel and Casino. The Dunes opened in May 23rd, 1955 as a low-rise resort with Hollywood star Vera Ellen providing the entertainment in the Magic Carpet Review. On January 10th, 1957, in a desperate move to keep the resort afloat, the Dunes became the first hotel casino in Nevada to offer a top show. Haha, <laughs> that's what I'm talking about over there. Called Minsky's Follies. The first of which was Minsky Goes to Paris. I'm guessing it's like a topless version of Ernest Goes to Camp or something. I don't know. The state legislature was, quote, in an uproar, end quote. But the show set a record for attendance in a single week at 16,000 attendees. Hey, that was a big record back then. Yeah, yeah listen, listen. It, that's just how it was back then. The numbers were a bit smaller than they are now, but look, that was a lot. That was more than Celine Dion would have gotten. I mean, if, if you know, you grade it for, say, uh, I don't know. What's that word? That word where you gotta, you gotta bring things up to today's modern standards. Inflation. But just that for inflation, that would have been more than Celine Dion's gotten. Then again, she's not showing her boobs. I don't think anybody wants to see them. In 1961, a 24-story northern tower called Diamond of the Dunes was built, bringing the number of rooms up to 450. At the time, it was one of the finest and largest hotels on the Strip. The hotel was built in part with financing from movie mogul Al Gottesman and the Teamsters Pension Fund. Yeah, Teamsters. It was designed by architect Maxwell Starkman. The resort soon ran into financial difficulties and the casino closed after a year. The resort was purchased in 1956 by two businessmen, Major A. Riddle and Jake Gottlieb, who had dealings with the Chicago outfit. Yeah, that's how it is sometimes. Sometimes you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta deal with outfits. I deal with outfits every day. I'll go to my closet. I have no fucking idea what outfit I'm gonna deal with. Now I'm just rubbing you. 
The resort boasted an 18-hole golf course, a rooftop held spa, and a 90-foot-long pool. The hotel's slogan was, The Miracle in the Desert. Why not an oasis? Uh, never mind. That, that make, a miracle in the desert. But they make it like, like you know, what? There was like, you can't have miracles in deserts, but this is the miracle of the desert? I'm just saying. I don't know. They named things kind of weird back then. In its early years, the dunes was known for the 35-foot-tall fiberglass sultan that stood above its main entrance. Many top performers such as Dean Martin, Abe Dini, Jane Mansfield, Liberace, George Boynes, Pat Cooper, Judy Garland, you know, somewhere over the rainbow and shit, Violetta Velas, Phyllis Diller, and Frank Sinatra, the chairman of the board. Mr. Frank Sinatra. Rest in peace, performed at the hotel. Although it opened to much fanfare, it struggled from the start. One reason was its location at what was then the southernmost part of the strip. The hotel frequently had to borrow money, and even the Sands Hotel lent its executives to help out, as well as bringing in numerous famous celebrities and entertainers, such as Frank Sinatra's surprise appearance dressed as a sultan. In the late 1960s, Morris Schenker bought an interest in the dunes and became its chairman of the board. In 1970, there were unrealized rumors Howard Hughes would buy into the hotel. I don't think that happened, though. In the showroom for two years, Johnny Elvis Foster starred in his Elvis show, for the love of Elvis. Morishenker was Johnny Elvis Foster's godfather. Hey, look at that. It was the godfather. I'll tell you what you're gonna do. You're gonna come and you're gonna sing in my casino. That's, that's how we're gonna do. And then after that, we'll get a big fucking roast beef sandwich and some shit. You know, maybe some stromboli or... I don't know. Yeah, brujol. I like brujol. Johnny was the first Elvis impersonator before Elvis died on the strip. From 1976... 1978 at the hotel. In 1979, the South Tower was added, expanding the hotel to 1,300 rooms. It was a lot for back then. Stewart and Clifford Perlman, founders of Caesars World, agreed to buy the dunes in 1983 for $185 million, and even took over operation of the property for several months. But the sale ultimately fell through. A second casino in a separate round building on the site opened in 1983 under the name Oasis Casino at the Dunes. In 1984, Schenker filed for bankruptcy and soon after, Major Riddle's company, M&R Investment Company, also filed bankruptcy, leading to the resort sale. Ah, shit sucks when you're going bankrupt. The Sultan statue, by now on the golf course, caught fire in 1985, reportedly due to an electrical short. In 1987, Japanese investor Masao Mangako purchased the dunes for $155 million, but could not make it a financial success. On November 17th, 1992, the dunes were sold for the last time to develop a Steve Wynn's company, Rod Resorts Incorporated, for 75 million bucks. On January 26, 1993, the dunes closed its doors for good. A liquidation sale was conducted by national content liquidators to clear the property of its contents as a prelude to the building's demolition. Like many of the legendary properties of its era, it could no longer compete with the newer and more exciting mega resorts that were being built. Steve Wynn bought the dunes and started the redevelopment trend with the demolition of the 32-year-old North Tower. On October 1993, the dunes was demolished in a grand ceremony that involved major fireworks displays and the use of several cannon blasts from the English ship HMS Britannia from Treasure Island. And you know what? Let's just go to the audio. Captain of the Britannia! Are you ready, sir? Prepare
Over 200,000 people watched its demise. Cannon shots from the ship were simulated to coincide with explosions along the dunes property. The neon sign was destroyed in a fireball fueled by 16,000 gallons of aviation jewel engulfed the diamond tower shortly before... Wait a second, how many gallons? Hold on, I'm wrong. That's liters. Let's do some simple math here. We've got to convert. Uh, see, 16,000 liters. Carry to one. Please come in the multiplied by pi, divided by pi, I feel like having a pizza pie. That's what this is about. I want pie. Sue me. I'm Italian. Alright. The neon side was, sign was destroyed by a fireball fueled by 4,226 gallons of aviation fuel and, uh, and engulfed the diamond tower shortly before explosives brought it down. Everything except the south tower was destroyed amid a shower of fireworks never before equaled west of the Mississippi. Here's my thing. Why did Wynn have to be a dick? You know, I mean, you're, you're, de you're just demolishing a place. I get that. I get that. Yeah, you want to, you want to, you know, take something down and start something new. Put your name on it and whatnot. Make it your thing. I get it. I get it, man. I get it. What you got to destroy the fucking sign, though? That could have been to a fucking museum. That could have went to the Neon Boneyard at the time. I mean, come on. It's the Dune sign. It's like, it's, it's, it's come on. That's kind of fucked up. I'm just saying, don't be a dick. You don't have to make a dick move. You don't have to destroy a fucking sign. All right, all right, all right. I'm let that go. I'm let that go. Sorry, get a little bit emotional about that sign. The 15-year-old South Tower was demolished nine months later in July 1994, with no fanfare and minimal media attention. The demolition also held symbolic significance for the city. Many longtime residents knew the dunes was controlled by the mafia, having been first built with money from it and the mob-controlled pension funds of the Teamsters and Pipefitters unions. The demolition signaled the end of significant mafia control and influence in Las Vegas. Give me a second here while I wipe it here. Don't fucking judge me. For many years, the hotel was owned by Major Riddle from the Chicago outfit and later sold to Morris Schenker, an attorney associated with the St. Louis Mafia, Meyer Lansky, Jimmy Hoffa, Frank Foster, owner of Anthony Alone. Hey, you want to know where Jimmy Hoffa is buried? I'm not telling you. Riddle and Schenker later became a target of organized crime strike force in St. Louis. During its construction of a new resort and casino, workers found four bags of Dunes Casino chips that were buried at the site. The Bellagio now stands in its place. The Dunes Golf Course is now occupied by parts of Monte Carlo, New York, New York, City Center, Cosmopolitan, and the T-Mobile Arena. And that's Vegas Gone By, The Dunes Hotel and Casino. I'm Vinny Extra Sausage Battlemente. Thanks for having me here. Michael Movestro will be right back. VegasBright.com, the Vegas website where the parking is free. And welcome back to the Vegas Bright Podcast. And I hope you enjoyed Vinny Extra Sausage Battle Lamente. Actually, he's still here. Vinny, 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 come here a second. Come here. Listen, that picture that I, I had you see during the break of the pizza at uh, Giordano's. What did you think of it? Oh, let me tell you, that's the silliest excuse of pizza I've ever seen. Like, like what you said, it's all we do. You don't, right. don't freaking do that to pizza. 
You know, you just don't do that. You just, it's wrong. It's a disgrace. You don't disgrace pizza like that. You, you seem, you seem offended by this. You know, I'm Italian. All right. Pizza's in my blood. All right. Pizza's in my blood. And you disgrace pizza like that. What is it? A fucking, it's like they're trying to make a fucking bread bowl of cheese and they call it a fucking pizza. That's, that's just, that's just miserable. It's fucking horrible. We don't fucking do shit like that. Valid points. Valid points. That's all I'm saying. That's where I'm coming from. That's not the way you treat pizza. Treat it. Pizza deserves your respect. You know, pizza deserves some love. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Thanks, man. All right. Okay, well, anyways, everyone at home, uh, we're going to get to the part of our shoe where we do our shoe toots, uh, our shout-outs, that is, not shootouts. Speaking of shootouts, what a, what a day in Vegas. A guy in a pig mask, a bunch of guys try to break into a Rolex store at the Bellagio, and uh, then there was some crazed gunman on a bus. What a, what a fucking day. What a fucking day it was in Vegas today. All right, moving on. And that reminds me, I should have had that in the news for today. But uh, yeah, just Google it. Um, you'll see. All right, let's get to our let's get to our shoutouts. I want to give a shout out to Scott from VitalVegas.com. Great podcast, great website. Uh, the guy taught me how to play craps at Binions. Uh, really good guy. Uh, go check out his site and his podcast. Uh, to Mark Meltzer from Edge, every time I say Mark, I just think of capital C T M. Mark Meltzer from Edge Vegas, check him out at edgevegas.com. He writes all over the fucking place, and if you want to see everything, go to Edge Vegas because when he writes everywhere, he puts a link to it right there on edgevegas.com. Uh, to Adam from the Vegas Fanboy Podcast, check him out at vegasfanboy.com. Uh, he's still going strong till August. I call him the king of the low rollers. He's always got great tips on how to save money in Vegas and, and like how to find like, he, he's just updated his list from two years ago about, uh, about cheap cabanas. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he's always looking, he's always looking for those deals. So check him out. Uh, to Chris at the faces and aces, Las Vegas podcast, that's faces and aces, LV.com. Uh, and, uh, he's back, he's back doing his thing and that's good. Kind of missed him and glad he's back. Uh, he just put out a new episode, uh, earlier last week. Should go and check that out to Mark, Karen and Tony at the 360 Vegas podcast. Check them out at 360 Vegas They're really fun to listen to. They'll catch you with Vegas news. They come up with the most interesting quotes. Uh, really great show. Uh, you should check it out. And by the way, they are doing uh, for Memorial Day weekend, or not the whole weekend, starting on the Sunday, the 28th, Monday, the 29th, and Tuesday, the 30th, the 360 Vegas Vacation 4. There's going to be, going to be a meet and greet at Baccarat Lounge at the Bellagio, I believe, at 4 or 4.30. Uh, and I'm going to be there. Scott from Vital Vegas is going to be there. Mark Melter from Edge Vegas is going to be there. Mark, Karen, and Tony, of course. Uh, also, uh, their sometimes co-host, Alistair, is going to be there. Uh, Mark Duvall and Dr. Mike from the You Can Bet on That Gambling podcast, they're going to be there, too. Cousin Vito is going to be there. Uh, so, yeah, I would say come on out uh, if you're in the hood on Monday, March 29th. Sorry, Monday, May 29th, Memorial Day weekend, May 29th. If you're in the hood, stop into the Bellagio, the Baccarat Lounge, come by and say hi. Uh, I'm sure uh, we'd all love to meet you. Uh, let's see. 
So, yes, uh, Tony, who is the co-host of the 360 Vegas podcast, uh, also co-hosts a show, a podcast called Vice Lounge Online. Oh, my God. My yawn is in no way, in no way affiliated with that podcast. I am just super tired. It is almost three in the morning right now as I'm recording this. So, yeah. It's an interesting podcast. They talk about bourbons and cigars and things of that nature uh, and some legal stuff and Vegas legal stuff. So check that out. Uh, To Mark Duvall and Dr. Mike, that you can bet on that gambling podcast. You can check them out. And you can bet on that.com. They talk about craps and they talk about blackjack and experiences and answer caller questions. So check it out. Uh, To Mitch and Dr. Kev at Tipping the Odds Las Vegas podcast. That's Tipping the Odds Las Vegas dot com uh they are they they are one of those two people that you wouldn't think would get along in real life but they do you know it's just you have to listen to it it's 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 an it's an interesting balance in that show um yeah so check that out oh my god i'm so tired uh cousin v excuse me i am so sorry Oh, what's going to happen? I'm going to get a bad iTunes review. I can't get any worse ones than I already have. Uh, it's Cousin Vito at Cousin Vito's Casino Podcast. Uh, check him out, CousinVito'sCasino.com. He has an interesting thing going on where he wants the listeners to get involved. So I thought I would pass this on to you guys and gals as well. It's called Gambling Influences, People Who Influenced You uh, to Gamble. And he talks about his... Uh, his grandfathers, both both of them now passed away. One passed away recently, and uh, he talked about how he started gambling and and how he you know taught him how to how to gamble and stuff. And it was a really uh, it's a really touching tribute. So um, you should check that out. It's episode thirty five of the three sixty. I'm sorry, it's episode thirty five of the Cousin Vito's Casino Podcast. Uh, the title of episode 35 is Vegas Vacationing with Tony from 360 Vegas and Gambling Influences, where Tony came on and answered question about, questions about uh, the 360 Vegas Vegas Vacation form. This is so rough to get through. My goodness, I'm so sorry, everybody. But anyway, he wants you to, to give him a call and talk about your gambling influences. And you can contact his podcast at 1747Casino1. That's 1747 Casino One or 1747 227 4661. You can also contact the show, cousinvito at gmail.com. Uh, so, yeah, it's good stuff. And check out episode 35. Uh, let's see. Is that going to do it? I think that's, yeah. All right. Well, that's it for everyone else's uh, shout out. And of course, we come to the part of the sheer. <laughs> we come to the part of the show I gotta stop doing these things at 3 in the morning I really really gotta stop doing these things at 3 in the morning uh, and of course we come to the part of the show where we give shout outs to all of our people at VegasBright.com so for Greg C Blonde Forever Big AZ Marty oh my god I'm so sorry <laughs> I am so tired. All right, from the top, let me just get through it really quick. For Greg C, Blonde Forever, Big AZ, Marty, what happened? What happened here? I'm lo- I'm losing stuff left and right. See, 
kids, don't do this at home. If you love, if you would like to podcast one day, don't do what I do. <laughs> it's just don't record your shows at like two or three in the morning. Okay, for Greg C, Blonde Forever, Big AZ Marty, Paper Poster, Michael James, Kelly Lamb, Roxanne, Monsieur, Genadius, Fisherman, Matty Ice, Sailor, Dude, Michelle De Palma, George Adams, Alex Costalova, I'm Michael Movestro. That being said, thanks for listening, and until next time, stay Vegas and stay bright. Oh my god, what a train wreck. <laughs>